It's time to venture into the Filmverse, a movie fan podcast where we dive into the vast expanses of cinema and report our findings. I'm Mitchell Chandler. And I'm Bryce Payne. And today on the 14th episode of Into the Filmverse, we'll be discussing Forrest Whitaker's Ghost Hog, Way of the Samurai, DreamWorks, The Road to El Dorado, and various content we watch throughout the week. If you want to see our reviews for the films we talk about today, or get our thoughts on other movies, be sure to join us on Letterboxd, the social network for film lovers. You can find my friend Bryce Payne at... Payne Reviews, P-A-Y-N-E Reviews. And me, Mitchell Chandler, at Mitch Reviews, and Mitch is spelled with a Y, so that's M-Y-T-C-H. Before we dive into our weekly movie watches, we're going to go off the top with some recent movie news. Uh, as we usually do, um, today, which is Friday, uh, it's actually the last episode of The Mandalorian, but we're going to be talking about uh, Season 2, Episode 7 this week. Yeah, I haven't seen the season finale yet, so I'm really excited. Me too. I know. I'll just be something I'll be doing later today. Um, but if, we're, if you don't want to know um, spoilers for Season 2, Episode 7 of Mandalorian, please give yourself uh, five minutes to skip ahead in the video starting right now. Told you I hit start. All right, Bryce. Well, what? <laughs> what did you think of this episode? Not as good as the last one. I was, um, I was really disappointed, honestly. Like I, they like I know they built up so much from the last episode, and then it was just like, I was just like, this is this is it. Like this is the this is the episode before the season finale. Really? I don't know. I thought it was interesting, uh, just because of the. It it was slow at first, but then it hit it hit that rock with who's fighting those pirates, which it was a little weird. But then, and I think I liked I, it so much is because it totally, felt uncomfortable. Like, I totally him being expected on suit. him to like start using the force. Like what? Like, what? Yeah, because he was like sitting on top of the thing with his arms outstretched at the pirates. Like ah, and I was like, is he gonna like use the force? Like what the fuck? <laughs> did you did you like this uh, part where you know because he had to take his suit off for, to be able to infiltrate the camp? Now he put his arm up to block the uh, pirate shot, and it hit his arm, and he's like, oh fuck, it hurt. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Did you not? I didn't notice oh, it was that. So cool. I completely like, forgot that he was in different armor. Yeah. So I was just like, yeah, you know, he's, he's invincible. He's the Mandalorian. Like, I don't. <laughs> no, he put, he put his arm up to block like he usually does, you know, at, with, with, with the Beskar. And then, like, they hit his arm and, like, it shattered the, his gauntlet. And he's like, oh, fuck, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't notice that. That's. Damn. I was I was seriously just like, all right, yeah, pirates, whatever. It's the Mandalorian. Nothing's going to happen to him. And then you're like, yeah, he, uh, he got damaged. I was like, did he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, it looked like he, he got like rinsed because he wasn't in his armor. Like he wasn't in what he usually was protected as uncomfortable. Um, but we should mention that this is the first episode of the Mandalorian for, for the whole series. We have not had a single moment of Baby Yoda or Grogu. What do you? I'm okay with it. It was kind of nice to get a break, especially considering where he is right now. I know that's I an unpopular would, thing to say, but I agree with you. It would just be really weird if they just cut away to like Grogu just sitting in a fucking cell, just like handcuffs. Yep, I'm here. <laughs> like, I'm still tired. I, I, I was let that he's last. Just, he's to just go sleeping for a whole episode. Everyone's like, "Oh, it's like no, you guys need to stop." Like, I, he's not the focal point of the show. Like, he's important, but he's not like it's yeah, called the Mandalorian. It is, but I feel like you probably you can't take out Grogu from the show though. Not this point. Oh no, 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 no. But like, it's okay to get a break, especially considering where we're at. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, so I liked uh the part where uh Bill Burr's character. He faced the guy that made the decision for him for basically the guy that Operation his, Cinder, right? His PTSD okay. and all that. that Here's was cool. the thing, I found out after I watched the episode that Operation Cinder. Well, I played Battlefront two, like you know the Star Wars Battlefront two, like a new one. Sure, that's part of the main campaign is Operation Cinder. Oh wow! So that's it's like cool. referencing Operation Cinder, and people were like, "Dude, dude, holy shit!" And I was like, "Oh, what?" <laughs> that's actually a pretty cool tie-in, honestly. Like it's cool, like to see that these filmmakers. Sometimes they're just stupid. They care so much about what like, actually happened. These ones are actually cool because it's like you don't need to know that, but if, but if you have experienced those other things, it just adds so much. Yeah, more it's like, levels. like you're not you know about it. You're like, oh yeah, it's the Empire. Of course, they're gonna have something called Operation Cinder, and then it's like, 
holy shit, I we know about that. I exactly. was involved in that. But I, I like how it's just like he's just like fuck it, and he just shoots him, and then they have to shoot their way out of the place. <laughs> he's just like, sorry, yeah, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. The logic behind okay, so obviously Mando takes off his mask this this episode. Big thing, you know. It's though I found it kind of weird because like he did the same thing in th- episode seven of last season. Oh, is it the same episode too? I'm pretty sure it was either episode seven or episode eight, but I'm pretty sure it's episode seven. I the reason I like him taking off his helmet. I mean, it's not a huge deal, obviously. I mean, it, it, him... it, it is a huge deal for him, but not like for me. But I like seeing his face just because it reminds me that he's not just like a god. He's he's not Anakin Skywalker over here. Like ooh. It makes it more human. I agree. Plus, I like seeing Pedro Pascal's face. His face is. Yeah, I love Pedro Pascal. <laughs> I don't know why his face is just like I like seeing. Him. Uh, that's why like, he's in the new Wonder Woman. But Are, you, okay, so this episode has him actually take up his helmet in front of people for the first time. Right, he seemed like so a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> it he wasn't just like a robot. He was just like, all right, here I go. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah, he seemed traumatized. Like he seemed like I'm not comfortable in this situation. But he has to do what he has to do because he loves his little buddy. Right, exactly. He's like, I'm a dad now. He's like, I need to get my dude. And then he talks to the commander. He's just straight up like, "Yep, yeah, that's me." Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I like that Bill Burr was like, "We've never seen. I never saw your face." Yeah, he's like, "Listen, we don't talk about it." And I was like, "Respect." I was like, "Yep." I was like, "I like this character. I can see him in more stuff now." And then he like, the my dad was watching this when we were watching it, and he was like, "Oh, does everything just blow up in one fucking shot now?" And I was like, "It's Star Wars, man. I don't know." Like, oh yeah, <laughs> everything blows up. Oh yeah, with one shot, everything blows up. <laughs> yeah. Well, they did a good job of setting that up. What the fuck is that? And I was like, "Well, the stuff's corrosive. Like, it makes sense." Was it weird that Boba just got new ass armor? I loved it. Dude. I was like, clean. Like he just was like, I got some fresh paint. He's like, he got his armor back, and he's like, you know what? The first thing I'm gonna do, paint job. And everyone's just like, all right, Boba, yeah, you do your thing. He's sitting in the back of Slave One, just like, yep. One this thing is I important. I want to mention about this episode. I want to. I'm so excited to see more of Cara Dune. Yeah. I love her character, but that's just me. I just hope the team gets more action next episode. Oh yeah, for sure. There must. There's got to be something going on. Anyway, but, that was, yeah, it's good. It's an okay episode exactly well that will do it for us guys with our uh mandalorian season two episode seven spoiler discussion uh thanks for joining us as we talked about that uh we also made uh, so in some other movie news um if you haven't heard disney had a investor meeting and had a major uh yeah it was big it was big uh, we didn't. We decided not to cover that on this podcast exactly. episode because it would have been like a three-hour-long episode, and it would have been fucking insane. Yeah, exactly. We so instead <laughs> we put uh, a special episode of just covering all the Disney announcements uh, up on our channel. So if you want, if you want to look at that, just go ahead and check that out. Which is also us testing our uh, equipment for the first time. So exactly, yeah. we got into some new equipment, and hopefully, it sounds a little bit better for you guys. Uh, we appreciate you. We're still As working always. on it, so we're always we're, trying to improve. We're trying to get the wrinkles out exactly <laughs> hopefully it sounds a little bit better this time um and we just we just got done watching the nobody trailer um holy john shit. wick what <laughs> i like I, I like it it's like saul from better call saul you know breaking bad right and he's just like goes from this like weakling character at least when i, I haven't finished breaking bad or anything don't kill me guys but never um, watched <laughs> you never seen breaking bad no Dude, that's insane. I know. Like, You've seen Game of Thrones, but you haven't seen Breaking Bad. Those I are like the Game two flagship shows for like the last 10 years. I could, we, we could talk about Game of Thrones, but no, um, <laughs> no, with the Nobody trailer, the reason, I th- it was almost like, almost like to the point where I'm like, okay, guys, this is almost too much of a ripoff of John Wick. Because it's made by the same, I think it's made and written by the same guys that did John Wick. I just think it's funny because it's just like the most unassuming character and then it's just like, oh yeah. He's a badass. It's like John Wick. Hey, nobody. Exactly. It just feels like, and plus the way some of the shots were set up. I mean, because it is some, I think there's a lot of people that worked on John Wick uh, that came here to do this one. 
You're so like, it feels very similar. When are we going to do John Wick 4? Like, uh, you see about that. You're like, like we, we already did it, but we can't release it. So all we're right. going to do something else. I don't know if they've actually made John Wick 4 yet. I doubt it. I don't either. But I know it's supposed to come out in like 2022. Yeah, I'm sure they're working on it, but they probably were like, uh, we want to work on something now. And they're like, like, nobody. I'm kind of over making John Wick movies. I want to do something else. So what are you going to make? I'm going to make John Wick. <laughs> Exactly. I'll just make John Wick again. But it looks kick-ass. Like, it looks like a lot of fun. It was definitely, like, because I've seen the first, like, 10 seconds of the trailer, like, multiple times over the last week, and I've just been like, eh, whatever, some loser getting punched in the face. Who cares? Like, Oh, right. And then it's just like, we were watching it, and it was like, holy shit, there's more of this. You know, the thing for me is, like, it. I think it's just the action style of John Wick that I love so much. Dude, it's because it's fast-paced. It keeps you on your toes. It doesn't get boring. It's, it's fast-paced like, and brutal. shit. They don't hold anything back. No, they don't. It's just like you're. I'm. So, I'm constantly sitting here, and I'm like, oh shit, that hurts. <laughs> yeah, because like, he like punches a window, and you're just like, bro, he, damn. There was a, like there was a shot like where, it was probably like a five second shot where he's just punching a punching a brick wall in the back of an alley, and I was like, dude, are you okay? Yeah, it's still back when I was like, is he just like relieving stress? He's like, I'm gonna be better. I'm gonna be better. I'm gonna be better. And it's just like, yeah, I was a hitman for the he, mafia or something. It's like, oh, okay. He's just in the back alley being like, I'm Batman. I'm Batman. Vengeance. <laughs> Vengeance will be mine. <laughs> well, thank you guys for joining us with the most recent movie wait, news. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, wait. right. I forgot. I forgot Something to add it on here. happened yesterday. So not or necessarily Wednesday, Wednesday. movie news, but we do want to cover it just because it's... It's just funny. I found it funny. Like, as soon as it happened on Wednesday, I, like, messaged you at, like, 7 a.m. in the morning. I was like, <laughs> dude. Look at this. Holy shit. <laughs> Tom Cruise fucking went off on his crew on Mission Impossible 7. <laughs> dude, and it, I was, like, thought, like, oh, okay, what did he, what did he just, like, He's just tell like, somebody off? Shame on you. Pat Hand. No. No, dude. He's like sitting there. He's like, you guys are fucking idiots. This is bullshit. We're creating jobs in our fucking place. This probably like fucking, what do they call it? Like, uh, God, I keep forgetting the, uh, huh? God, our industry. He's like, oh, our yeah. industry is shut down right now. We're creating thousands of jobs. If you fuck with me, you're fired. No questions. You're out. And I was like, shit. Yeah, he was brutal. All over people like breaking COVID rules on set. Yeah. He's just like, get the fuck out. Exactly. They're just breaking COVID rules and. He was just like, uh, "We're not getting this movie shut down. I'm not shutting down this movie." He's like, "That's I gotta go to bed with, with that at fucking night. <laughs> I gotta deal with the stress of people losing their jobs, people broke, people hungry, and you're over here fucking around." So the message is: wear your fucking mask. Otherwise, Tom Cruise <laughs> is gonna come and beat you up. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that if that doesn't strike fear in you, then I don't know what." Dude, I, all I can think about is like, can you imagine being on a film set? You're just like, "Yeah, cool, I'm working on a movie." I'm like half the fucking people in the industry right now, and Tom Cruise comes out of this trailer just like sweating, fucking like bloodshot red eyes. He's like, "All right, motherfuckers, we're doing this. Y'all, you gather up, bitches. We're done with this shit. I'm sick of this." We're not, like, you're just in there like, "I'm an intern. I don't fucking know." <laughs> like, uh, and get your coffee. He's in there, like, one kid's in there, like, I just did this for some extra credit. Fuck. <laughs> He's like, I, I don't know if I want to be in movies Mister anymore, Mr. Cruz. You're kind of scary, dude. If you're nothing without the mask, then you shouldn't have it at all. Like, wait, I don't think this is your movie, Mr. Cruz. <laughs> I just think it's cool how Tom Cruise went from, like, went, went from, like, being a, being like a lead star of the series to being able to be like, I'll fucking fire you. Like, this is my yeah. goddamn show. This is my set. I'll kick you the fuck out. And I I'm mean, like, that's the thing that you do what he wants. I mean, he's almost to the point where, like, He's, he is. He's, yeah. He is his own. Like, I mean, fucking industry. If you're gonna like, work, <laughs> if you're gonna work with Elon Musk to go to space and be the first one to go to space, I mean, you have elite. You have some power. You're like sitting there. He's like, you're fired. You're like, dude, I'm the second lead. Like, I don't give a fuck. Get the fuck out. We'll yeah. find someone else. <laughs> yeah. You're, as the studio, you're like, okay, who do I fire? Tom Cruise or <laughs> the other dude that I can replace? Dude, who? What? What is it? Universal does Mission Impossible, right? Yeah. Universal. I think. Does, I think he has a 
picture deal with Universal. I, I, but can you picture I, like this crew like complaining to Universal or something, being like, "Yo, what the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, that would be it's like I just got there at, like eight in the goddamn morning. He came out fucking like hungover, bloodshed, blood red eyes, just in there. He started fucking yelling at us. I just got there. I didn't do shit. <laughs> I mean, not that he was hungover. We were just we were just theorizing or we we're just joking. But I'm just thinking it'd be it's like a funnier picture. If yeah, you picture yeah, him, like sitting with like his hair hanging down his face. Blood, sweat, eye, blood, like blood, red eyes, sweat dripping down him, just being like, "I've dealt with this shit for fucking four weeks." <laughs> exactly. Well, with the most recent movie news dissected, wow, dissected and spun into dutiful discussion, we venture onto some of our weekly movie watches. Bitch, Price, I watched a lot this week. You did get to watch a lot this but week. I didn't watch very good, much good things. <laughs> hey, I mean, uh, you watched a lot, a lot of The Fly. I did watch a lot of The Fly, and that'll be my first thing. I watched. All five of the fly movies back to back, back to back to back. So like, it took me three days because work and all that. I started with the fly, then I did Curse of the Fly, or no, Return of the Fly, Curse of the Fly, David Cronenberg's Fly, and the Fly Two. How was? I know you're a fan of David Cronenberg. How was his fly? Five stars. Oh wow, the shit was disgusting. Jeff Goldblum's in it. It's fucking gross. Is that the gif that you showed me of? That is where his ears oh, yeah. like Fuck falling off his head. That was disgusting. Dude, it was fucking great, though. Like, it's one of those movies that it's like, you're like unnerved, but you're like so in, like entrapped in what's happening. Like, get me inside of that but, uh, movie. Yeah, I watched the original Fly. That was okay. I mean, it's a, it's a classic 1950s monster movie, you know? It's, sure. It is what it is. Costume was really cool, but it, you know, it, it, it's, it's oh, just okay. Okay, so take me through what, I mean, is the, are all the flies to the sort of same premise? Kinda, yeah. So, um, the first three are like a trilogy. It's like they're 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 consecutive. Even though the third one's kind of like weird and like its own little like they made its own like version of the last two films mixed together to make its story. It's weird. But anyway, it's this scientist who like th- who finds out how to make a teleporter. Okay. And he starts teleporting like things and messing with things, and he decides like I'm gonna put myself through the teleporter as a scientist does. Oh. <laughs> and there's a fly. There's there. a fly in the teleporter, dude. And what the teleporter does because it's like a computer. It mixes his genes with the fly, like that SpongeBob and Squidward like, episode. Yeah, because he gets the he comes he turns into atoms basically in the teleporter, goes across, rematerializes with the head of a fly and an arm of a fly. Well, the fly gets the head of a man and an arm of a man. <laughs> uh, no. And so he's like telling his wife through like a typewriter, be like, "Yo, you need to find this fucking fly so I can like reverse this shit." Is and, it still uh, fly size? Yeah. Oh no. It, all they all he has to go on is it's a fly with a white head. That's creepy. But here's the thing: they don't find it because well, the movie of not. the movie starts out with like them being turned like the like a crime scene because the dude got crushed in a presser, and like so he's dead. Like the like the guy who turned into the fly dies. So they go through this whole film of her just explaining how she killed him and why she's not a murderer. <laughs> okay, as one does. Yeah. And at the does. end of the movie, they find the white fly trapped in a spider web. With a spider coming down on it, and he's like screaming, "Help me! Help! Help me! Help me! Help me!" His fucking—it's like holy shit, that's fucking creepy. I don't like that. And then when the uh, the detective crushes the fly and the spider with a rock. All right, then. And the movie ends. <laughs> that sounds. It was practical. okay. It was. It is a 1950s film. I was like, it is what it is. Help me! Help me! But uh, help the second me. one, The Return of the Fly, yeah. follows his son, trying to follow in his dad's footsteps, no. trying to Bad create this experiment. And another fly. I'm, I'm just getting movies mixed up. Hold up. Yeah. So he like he got, he has the experiment happen to him. He looks way worse. Like his fly is way more like less well made than the other one. But it's like it was more like a direct home kind of thing. Sure. 
like a made for TV. I want to say made for TV because those are really shit. But it's like it's a low grade sequel. And uh, he ends it by getting turned back to normal, being like, oh, science is bad kind of bullshit. Science you know? is bad. The third one, Children. though, pissed me the fuck off. Okay. It's called Curse of the Fly, and it has to do with, like, the family dealing with the legacy of the grandfather who was the original Flyman. Sure. <laughs> there is no Flyman in this movie. So... There's, like, some genetic, like, creatures they use to test on, but there, like, it's, it, there's no Flyman. It's just, like, the curse of the legacy or something. It's bullshit. I hated it. Yeah, I don't even want to talk good. about that movie really because it was horrible. <laughs> like, okay, like it was like a two, two and a half star movie. Like it was not good. Okay, Cronenberg's Fly though, holy fucking shit. <laughs> well, you know Cronenberg for what use body horror. So, but after watching Crash, <laughs> oh right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my standards were like, all right, this could either be really, really good or this could be really, really fucking bad. But no, this is good. It's like a uh, Jeff Goldblum's character gets mutated with the fly, as in the other fly. And basically just slowly starts losing his shit and turning more into a fly creature where he can walk on walls and shit and his skin starts molting and his body parts start start falling off and he puts him in his bed in like his bathroom mirror and then like the museum of whatever his name was. Like, yeah, it's fucking up. He's like, his, Ew. Ear, his ear falls off. He's like, oh, ha, 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 puts it in his ear. Teeth start falling out. He's like, as they do. As they do? And uh, the girl has find? sex with him before she realizes he's turning into it, and she gets pregnant, what? and there's, like, a scene where she gives no. birth to a larva. Dude, get out of here. I don't want to... <laughs> no. I swear to God, if you ever make me watch this, I will... Mur- I'd rather watch Cats again. Okay, but this is really cool, though, because he, like, at one point, his skin breaks, and, like, the fly comes out of the skin, like, it is emerging. And that what, fucking creature dude? is dope, and he tries to grab the girl, drag her to the teleporter to become one with his girlfriend and their child. Okay, well, I will... Yeah, you're having <laughs> nightmares just for hearing about it. I do not know how you're sane after watching that. Because it was great. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just saying that. It just the sounds fly, scary. The Fly 2 was a really shit sequel. It wasn't made by Cronenberg. It really, it was just like, oh, the son got born. He has the same See, disease, and they're waiting for it to emerge. That's and, oh, a, look, he's psycho. It's like, whatever. Okay. That's a Cronenberg movie I'd like to check out. I mean, I know I'm just exaggerating a little bit about my scariness. It's so but. good, though. Like, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Holy moly. But yeah, I watched the uh, the Screen Factory 5 Blu-ray set because I found that for like 40 bucks. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to watch The Fly. The Fly. And that's a big thing I watched. Um, <clears throat> I know you watched Whiplash again. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> last week we talked about Whiplash with J.K. Simmons and Miles Teller. Um, I was into it so much that I was like, all right, I need to check this out again. And uh, I did. And uh, then I bought it on 4K after, after I watched it. Just like free on like i think it was a sling tv they had it for free with ads so i watched it for free with ads and i was like yes this is an amazing movie and i i bumped it up to a five star movie yeah you didn't update your film verse ranking on letterbox okay yeah i definitely need to update yeah, that didn't. i was just like what are we as whiplash on i was like oh he hasn't done that yet <laughs> but then i need to uh <sighs> ow excuse me but then i need to uh, yeah update that and then yeah, I bought it on 4K, and I'll probably be watching it again here, but I won't talk about it too much, because we already talked about it last week. But... You're like, this is a lot to talk about Whiplash. Every other week, you're like, I watched Whiplash again. Do you know what Whiplash is? Hey, it's one of those <laughs> things, is like, I don't watch, like, a, a lot of films I don't find, like, they don't they don't blow me away like that, and it's one of those things where I just feel the need to watch it again, I know it's super good. And then I was like, that's the sort of same thing with, like, well, sort of like the Avengers movies, a lot of Marvel movies, I'll go see once or twice in the theater. And it's been a while since the movie has enraptured me like that, where I just want to watch it again, like, immediately. Oh, I don't go see Marvel movies twice, unless it's, like, I, I see it once with Jada, and then I watch it again with my sister, if I'm feeling the reason, up to it. But the it reason I, I'll get to that point is because <laughs> I, I've watched it once, 
for the first time, just enjoy it and just experience it without any. And then the second time I watch it is to actually like trying to see if it holds up to its, my expectations. That's fair. Because like the first time you're like, oh, Marvel. And the second time you're yeah. like, all right, all right, all right. Do I really like this? Exactly. Or is this just because it's Marvel? Was I just hyped? Was I just hyped in the first time? Captain Marvel. Right, exactly. And that's <laughs> a, that's the thing. Or another thing that I go is Suicide, Suicide Squad, the one that came out with the. With yeah, I noticed you were you lost all that like fucking five times in theaters. <laughs> yeah, no, I did, and I I really liked it the first time I saw it, but every subsequent viewing it just got worse and worse. I feel that. Like I keep wanting to watch it because I'm like, I I really like parts of this, but I don't like the whole. Exactly, um, but yeah, that's definitely why I wanted to watch it again, and I'll probably watch it again sometime soon-ish. I don't know when I'll get a chance, but. But you know what happened this week, Mitchell? You ready what, for this? What happened this week? So unlike last week, Criterion released a new edition to their collection. Not a re, oh, cool. not a re-release like they did last week with Machete and the other one, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. It was like Symbio, whatever, whatever the fuck. It's really long. <laughs> but anyway, they released a new movie, who is, which is by the director of Birdman. Okay. And The Revenant. And it is called Amores Perros. Amores Perros. Which roughly translates to Loving Dog. Okay, but uh, it has a. It was released in Eng- in English, like in the English speaking countries, under Amores Peros, and it can roughly translate in English to "Love is a bitch." Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Peros, I thought I was a dog. I knew that was in Spanish, but I guess "bitch" dog, Spanish, same thing. <laughs> and I knew "amor" is is uh, love. love. So yep. yeah, "love is a bitch." I see that. But uh, this is a really. This is a fucking. I watched this Wednesday morning, and this is a fucking insane movie <laughs> it's a it's a day it's a like it's a day in a life it's another life film that i liked <laughs> see that's my thing is like you can find like uh day in a life films that are good it's just it's weird because sometimes you get friday where it's just them sitting on a porch for yeah you're like this is so hour and funny. And i'm like oh, i need to be high or something like <laughs> <laughs> um well see my my humor is just Across the board, and I know you're very selective, so I am. This was a uh, this is actually a stay in life film, but it follows three characters, so it has three normally, stories in the film. Normally, it sounds like I wouldn't like something like that, right? Right? Okay. I say normally. Okay, I was the same way though, because like the first story is so fucking good. It follows this brother who um is in love with his brother's wife. Okay. And he starts like trying to like get with her. Wow. So he takes the family dog and takes a dog fighting. And starts making money off dog fights. That's how you get your brother's wife is taking your dog on and dog fights. And giving her money Practical from advice. the fights to, a, to run away with him. Okay. Okay, but the thing is, a lot of shit goes down. A lot of shit. Uh, he ends up killing this one dude's dogs like 15 fucking times in a row. Oh, the dude keeps bringing different dogs. Yeah, because uh, there's this like the bad guy, quote unquote. And he would keep he brought dogs to these dog fights, and the guys like Rottweiler would just kill him. <laughs> oh, for some reason I thought you were saying he was killing the same dog fifteen times no, in a row, no, and I was no, like, no, wait no. a minute, I'm so confused. No, he just, Frankenweenie. Like, he just kept bringing new dogs and just getting killed and betting more money each round. So the guy was just getting more money, and the guy was getting his dog killed. Okay. And uh, what ended up happening is they did one last fight for forty thousand dollars. Oh shit! And the guy was losing, so he shot the dog. Uh, yeah, you fucked up. <laughs> So the guy gets gets his dog goes to the car and like trying to like it's like fuck this and goes in and stabs the bad guy, uh huh, and gets goes back to his car and drives away. The bad guy's henchmen chase him down in his truck. This is where the event happens. The crash. Okay. This car crash affects three different people: mm-hmm. the guy with the dog fights, a woman who's having an affair with a married man, and a homeless vagrant. 
you know, honestly, I mean, that sounds interesting because you got the fact that there's like three different characters and it's one of those things where how what your choices can affect more different people than you would even realize. And each story has to do with dogs. Okay. That's the loyalty. Another thing is it's like very unloying of loyalty because dogs are loyal. Mm-hmm. People are not. That makes sense. So the woman who's in the car crash. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the woman who gets in the car crash, she was a supermodel. The guy left his wife to go be with her. Mm-hmm. She gets in a car crash. Car crash puts her in a wheelchair. Now, he bought her a new apartment on that, but the floorboard broke. Like, because it's a cheap apartment, he didn't have time to fix it, apparently. Her mm-hmm. dog goes underneath the floorboard, and they can't get it out. So she's stuck at home, hearing her dog whine underneath the floors, <coughs> and can't get him. <laughs> and she starts, like, fucking losing it. Because, you know, she's under home confinement. Right. She can't get her dog. I'd, I'd There's rats coming out from underneath the floorboard. Uh, so they just leave her by herself? <laughs> yeah, he just went, he's just like, I'll be back at two, bye, and, like, goes to work. Oh, oh at two, okay. But, uh, yeah, so she's stuck in this apartment by herself, hearing her dog whine, starts going, and what ends up happening is she tries to get the dog herself. So she falls out of, falls on the floor and passes out because of the pain. You know, she's got a fucked up leg. Yeah. She ends up getting gangrene in this leg. Wow. So you know what they do to the supermodel? Amputate her leg. You know what that does to a supermodel? Right. Fucks her up. over. And the ending of this story right, yeah, has the guy true. getting the dog, tearing up the floors to get this dog out. He murders a dog. No, 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 no. He calls his ex, his like ex wife just to hear the sound of her voice. So kind of being like the only reason he loved the supermodel is because she was a supermodel, but now she's not. Oh my god! And her last shot is him is her in a wheelchair looking out at this billboard that they had outside their apartment that was her. Of her, yeah. But they were it was gone. Wow! So he took her billboard down, and she stared at that as she was crying, and he hugged her from behind. That's the end of their story. Uh, third story. All because of the car crash. Third story follows the homeless vagrant with like eight dogs. <laughs> okay. And uh, the Rottweiler, remember the one that got shot? Yeah. At the car crash? Guess yeah. who got that Rottweiler? I'm guessing the vagrant. The vagrant. And he healed this Rottweiler up. Now, important to remember, he has eight dogs. This dog is a dog fighter. <laughs> yeah. Rottweiler kills everyone. He kills all the dogs. Yep. When the guy's not there. <laughs> oh, my God. But here's another thing. The guy's a hitman. What, the, the vagrant is a hitman? The vagrant is a hitman. <laughs> So what does somebody kill his dog and he becomes John Wick? No, he uh, his dogs die and he realizes the Rottweiler couldn't help it. He was, you know, he was having his bread, so he doesn't like take it out on the dog. He just gets really upset. Uh-huh. But he doesn't like beat the dog or anything. Like you stupid bitch. It's you just like me. you don't kill other dogs. And he like yells at him. But then he uh, he takes his job to kill his brother for his other brother. Not the same brothers from the first story. There's a oh, lot okay. of brothers in this film. A lot of brothers. But um, loyalty. So he gets paid to do this for a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Sure. Not that much money if we kill people, but okay. <laughs> what? How much is your life worth? No. <laughs> not much. Probably $150,000. Uh, he ends up not killing them because he realizes with the dogs and everything how like how life is. He realizes he, <laughs> he He's like, yeah, dogs. I understand life now. Well, $150,000? Like, I don't think a, so. Yeah, those a, are rookie numbers. I was like, try like 500000 We might talk. He, he has an estranged daughter who he's like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go try to be a father again. Sure. And so he, he locks the two brothers in a room. Uh-huh. Like he kidnaps both of them, locks them in a room. He has them tied up, ungags their mouths, and then throws a gun in the middle of the room within both of their reach and goes, figure it out yourself, and leaves. Yeah, that's a way to do it. <laughs> and then goes to his daughter's house, breaks in. Oh, well, that's not her, a way to do it. Leaves her a ton of money because she's not home. Dirty money that she's, she's probably going to die for <laughs> since he left those two guys in a room. But okay. 
leaves her a voicemail on her voicemail machine about how much he misses her, loves her, and how he'll come back when he's gonna be a better man. Just imagine that as a if you're just like you haven't seen your dad in forever, you come home, <laughs> you come home, and there's just a stack of fat cash on your door, on, just on your counter, and your dad, and you just your dad's like, I'm so sorry, I didn't I haven't been talk here to for you. you. But here's like so much money, and I we need to talk. And she's like, "What the fuck? I don't want this fucking money. Where did it come from?" And then uh, it ends up the dude that was trying to get with the brother's sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she flat out was like, "No, nah, man, I'm good. You're <laughs> fucked up." Well, th- where did I think that story was going in the first place? He tries to hit on her because his brother ends up getting killed in a robbery, so oh, he tries well, hitting no. on her at his funeral. Oh yeah, he fucked up. <laughs> he's in the he's in the friend zone for sure. He's simping too hard, dude. Dude, it was bad because he was like he was doing if, hard if there for was, this bitch. He was, there was like he was killing lots of dogs for this woman. <laughs> if there was a definition of simp, he'd be under it. Oh yeah, and I mean, I mean, it's just it's one of those films that when you're watching it, you're just like, holy fucking shit, this is good. Yeah, I mean, that sounds pretty cool. I mean, throughout all really the different long. stories, it's two and a half hours long, and it's like Jesus Christ. Like, I mean, that's not too bad for for two through three different stories. Okay, but the first story completed. alone takes up an hour. No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's not too bad for all. Well, I mean, because that's this groundwork for the rest of these stories, so yes. it's not too bad. And that was that's why I was like, I was really into the first story, but then when it ended, I was like, I don't give a fuck about any of this. Like, <laughs> go back to that. Go back to the dog fighting. Like, like that was way more interesting than this. And then I like I would slowly get hooked into these other stories and be like, Ooh, ooh what are they gonna do now? Ooh. Uh, what? When was this made? Like, was it an older? Two thousand. Okay, that's not bad. Because it is by the guy who did uh, Revenant, Birdman, right? But he has a trilogy called the Trilogy of Death. This is the first entry. The second entry is called uh, 21 Grams, which I don't own, but I'm going to own. And then the third entry was nominated for Best Picture in 2004. Oh, wow. And it is called Babel. Babel? Babel. And uh, here's a crazy thing about this movie. Have you ever played The Last of Us? Wait, what was it again? Have you ever played The Last of Us? Yeah. You know the music in The Last of Us, how good it is? Yeah. Guess who did the music for Morris Peros? Oh, I don't know. Maybe the same guy that did yeah. The Last of Us? Yeah, you ready for how fucking crazy this is? Huh. My wife, <laughs> okay, we're sitting there watching it, and she goes, "Yeah, this sounds like a Gustavo Sal. Oh, I can't pronounce his name. It's like she like name dropped the fucking dude who made the soundtrack for Last of Us. So I was like, "There's no fucking way you know who the composer is. Like, the- who the fuck just sits there and listens to a movie? It's like, oh yeah, it's the- that's the one. <laughs> that's the composer. <laughs> like, I- actors I get, directors I get, whatever. But a composer, like, I don't know any fucking composers other than like Hans Jada. Zimmer. That's some nerd shit. And then she goes." Yeah, it is. And I like I looked it up on Letterbox, and holy fucking shit! I was like, "How the fuck?" I love how I just said that was some nerd <laughs> shit, and I'm sitting over here talking about movies. Okay, but the thing is, like, do you know composers, Mitchell? Can you name uh, drop a composer other than Hans Zimmer? Who's it? Well, watching Frank a movie. Sinatra. No, well, no, 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 probably not. <laughs> who's the guy that did? Uh, he's not a composer. What's the guy that? Who's the guy that did Star Wars? I'm stupid. I don't fucking remember. Hans Zimmer? No. No. <laughs> It's like it starts the, with it's, John something. Don't wow. Me. I know he wants I'm so mad. I should know this. <laughs> I should know this too, but I don't care enough. <laughs> I know. But, um, but no, dude, yeah, I was just sitting there. I was like, holy fucking shit. And she's like, did I get it? I was like, you bitch. Yeah, how the fuck? <laughs> Are you planning on watching the other uh, entries? I am. Because uh, first off, I'm, I'm trying to get through on nominated Best Pictures, and Babel got nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have to watch that. But this is the only one I think, other than, I think 21 Grams is Spanish, but this is the, like, Babel is English, I think. And another crazy thing, mm-hmm. Amores Peros was nominated for Best Foreign Language Film at oh, the wow. Oscars in 2000. That's awesome. It lost to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I haven't seen that one either, but now I'm like, well, it must be fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> but it must be good. 
John Williams, composer of Star Wars. Yeah, figures. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, dude, that's that was definitely a good pick because I had never like heard about it, and then it was just like Criterion released it. I was like, yeah, I'll go pick it up. But here's the thing, you know, uh, you can watch this for free. On you do? Amazon. Oh, really? <laughs> hey, well, uh, hey, it actually gives me a reason to check it out, you know, because then I actually get a chance. I could probably do that now. I was like looking it up on e- on Amazon to look at the price, how much the fucking Blu-ray would cost for Criterion, and it was like free. free. And I was like, well, like, I'm gonna fucking buy it anyway, so whatever. Free. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Well, that is awesome. With our th- thoughts on the various content we watched throughout the week, spiraling into the film verse. Let's move on to our Monday movie night film. Each week, we spend Monday night hanging with friends and typically watching an Oscar Best Picture winner. However, on every third week, we let someone choose a movie to watch. And this week, our beloved host, Bryce Payne... Gang, gang. (laughs) Gang, gang. (laughs) ...got to pick a movie, and uh, he chose Ghost Dog, Way of the Samurai, starring Forrest Whitaker. Bryce, do you want to take us down a trip of what this movie is? uh, All right. What your so, thoughts on it, just I think we general? talked about this film like five weeks ago because <laughs> I watched it when it got released by Criterion, right. and I was like, yeah, I watched this really cool movie called Ghost Dog. And then it was my pick, and I was like, well, I'm either going to pick Salo, Ikaru, or Ghost Dog. What are the three? Mm, and so I was why like, to pick Salo? Nobody wants to watch Salo. I didn't want to watch Salo. I just want to do it because I can't be the only one that has to watch that piece of shit. <laughs> I say it's a piece of shit, but it's, it's it well is piece made. Of shit. It's just fucking gross. But uh, I was shit. like, Ikaru is like, supposed to be a sad Japanese movie. I don't really watch a sad movie i'm gonna watch a fucking good movie about this big black man hitman following the like fucking way the samurai and being cool <laughs> yeah it was low-key pretty pretty cool uh basically it was about this it's weird because you have like the you have like the <laughs> russian mob no it's like mafia. the uh, italian italian mob no i know they weren't russian sorry italian mob mafia who knows i don't know what the terminology the is. old italian men who thought they were gangbangers yeah and <laughs> it's weird so you have, you have the italian mob and then you have this uh you have Forrest Whitaker, who's just like a hitman for them, for for one of the dudes, for one of the heads of the the, the mobster place. Louis, Louis, exactly. And but then the Forrest Whitaker's character follows the way of the samurai, a book he found, or he has like somehow. Hakaguru or something like that. Yeah. I have that book that he, all the quotes he reads from that movie in the Criterion release. Oh, that's cool. He's got the little book. It's like maybe like fucking five inches, five inches long, something yeah. like that. It's like really small. Right. And it like folds out and has all the quotes from the movie. That's pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, then, so basically, he takes you out the movie, falling away the samurai, um, and it pretty much just turns into John Wick. Let's be honest, but it's like a tame version of John Wick. Like it's not as good as John Wick, but it's 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 there. It's like he's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I feel like if you ate a Jolly Rancher and that was John Wick, and then you just <laughs> ate like a now and later right afterwards. I just like how chill he is and like everything he does. He's just like going yeah, down there. Simple. The guy's like like rapping in the bathroom. He's just sitting down there like, yep, I'm gonna kill this fool. I'll tell you right now though, <laughs> the first five minutes of this movie so long. No, no, not even long. Oh, well, past, I sorry, past like the birds flying. There's like a, you know, it's like a slow intro. But with the first quote he said, I knew what the ending of the movie was going to be, and it happened. And I was like, yep, that's the ending. I, I Dude, I didn't it. know the ending. And then he was like, at the end, he was doing it. I was like, yeah. I think it, I, you know, the reason I thought of that, because I just got done playing a crap ton of Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> You're like, of course, yeah, it's going to happen. So I'm like, oh, I'm well-versed in samurai right now. Probably not as much as like an actual person who studies samurai, but whatever. But I know like a lot, I've just been in. in You've ingrained their culture. Exactly. <laughs> I've been like uh, soaking in. Jin Sakai, uh, the ghost of Tsushima, for the past few weeks here. So, 
uh, I definitely got a little bit of that taste in there. So, I, so when he, he had that first quote, I'm like, oh, I know where this one's going. Oh, I know. I know. I'm over there like, I watched the whole thing, got to the last like 10 minutes and was like, hold the fuck up. But yeah, I definitely, I really enjoyed this film. I'm glad I, I watched it. It was cool. It, you know, to me, it was weird to see Fortis Whitaker young. Isn't it though? His like dreads and shit. He's just like walking around and everyone's like, what's up, ghost dog? And he's like, yeah. I love how the mafia <laughs> guys were always constantly asking like, where's the ghost? Where's this ghost dog that we're looking for? And everybody just calls him that in the, in the, in the street. We're like, we're watching it in the group. And my first time I watched it, I didn't pick this up. But like when we were watching it in the group, I was like, dude, he'd be like the easiest fucking dude to find. <laughs> he's like, where is this dude? Go where down, can find him? Go down to like the park and look at ice cream man and be like, ghost dog. He'd be like, oh, you yeah, do the big man. Yeah. <laughs> so he's over on the roof and he'd be like, Cool, thanks. Weirdo. I love like, how the ice cream dude that didn't speak English. It was they didn't understand each other, but they were best friends. Yeah, that was cool. I like that. Like, friendship transcends language. Yep, it, exactly. I mean, I think that's just because that dude didn't have any other friends, but whatever. Dude, I just love how every single time they like talked, he's like, "Oh, I bet you got some business to go take care of." He's like, "Yeah, man, I got some business to go take care of." And, and everyone's no just there's yeah. like, "Dude, it's like, he, oh, so he knows it. He just doesn't know that he knows it." It's like, <laughs> no, true. he he doesn't know it. He's just guessing. He has no clue. It's just the patterns of things that happen, you know? It's kind of so. weird. Uh, so yeah, thanks, Bryce, for definitely picking that. It was, it was You're a welcome. Fun, fun I really enjoyed it. Exactly. I really I really like watching it. It was fun. Well, with that down, let's move on to our film verse feature. Guess Each... what? I get to pick another one. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Each week, we pick a movie that we want to, uh, the other person to see. And this week, I chose the DreamWorks animation picture, the Road to El Dorado. I got a little ahead of myself. I thought we were announcing the feature. I was like, oh, let's go. <laughs> like, no, no, Bryce. <laughs> like, we haven't even talked about this yet. Calm down. I'm like, oh, I know. I know what to pick. I know. <laughs> like, I know what to pick. But, um, so I chose the Road to El Dorado just because I was like, what else do I choose? No, I'm saying. <laughs> what do I pick? What do I pick? I forgot to choose. And I was like, uh, Road to El Dorado. It was a fun, was, I mean, uh, it, held, it held up some expectations. I mean. It didn't really, like, nothing new jumped out to me, really. I mean, it all seemed sort of like what I usually uh, expected from it. So, uh, Bryce, classic what Classic DreamWorks. Yeah, classic DreamWorks. I mean, there's not much more, I think, that it, being older added to it to watch. I don't know. No, I was like, because I haven't seen it since I was a kid. So, I was like, all right, cool. Then we were watching it, and I was like, some of these jokes are really fucking sexually in your oh, windows. Yeah. Oh, I knew that when I was a kid. <laughs> It's like you're watching and she's like, he like gets up and her hair's all messed up and he's like, gets up like, ooh, and it's like, dude, she was definitely doing something. Yeah, that was, <laughs> it was almost to the point where it's like almost overtly sexual. Like you can't, like as a you're kid, like, as a you kid, know. I knew, you know, as a kid, I knew that he was doing, I mean, not that he was having sex with like, something, you're like, the they're concept. making out. <laughs> I was like, something's going on with them right now. I know that for a fact. And I'm, he's betraying his friend's trust. I know. Otherwise, yeah, it was a good, it was a good film as it, as it is. Um, The Road to El Dorado. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was simple. Two guys find a map to El Dorado. Well, they don't find. They steal a map from El Dorado. Yeah. Get on a boat with Hector Cortez and take it off. And then they won the map, though, because they actually used the dice that weren't loaded that time. They only got there because they were using the loaded dice. I know. Just, I, th- I find it funny that they got to the island on accident. <laughs> They're like, oh, we're going to die. Oh, shit, we're here. Like, <laughs> like, just imagine if they didn't get on that boat. And then they just like they just in died Spain in the ocean. Like, no, 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 no. They didn't get the boat in the first place. Like they just got out of that situation without getting hurt, and they just had the map. And they're like, okay, where do we start? And I, I don't fucking know. Yeah, it was good. It was good development. Um, I really liked how when they got there, like it seemed like the chief and um the priest dude. He was like, they're not gods, but we're gonna pretend. Yeah. But they never really like overtly like f- say they know, but like you kind of infer that they know. It's weird because I 
I thought that I think the chief knew all along, but I don't think that powerful he's, he's like y'all are fucking dumb. I think he actually thought they were gods at first because because the point where he saw him bleed, I'm like, okay, he's not actually a god. Well, I mean, that, the priest did that, but um, I feel like the chief was just like the chief chilling did. around the whole time. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, sure, you guys are gods, sure, and then he was like, you know, you could stay, and he's like, really? He's like, yeah, yeah, you can stay. Also, another thing, who was that chick? Like, where, who what, even was she? Just a random, some random woman. She's like, I want to appease the god. They're like, chill. She's like, actually, I just went on your scam, guys. It's like, can I have some gold? Let, let me just <laughs> yeet out of this place with you. I hate these bitches. No, I um, I found the the final. Uh, I'm gonna put climatic. The climatic thing with Hector Cortez be very anti-climatic. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, the, the road to El Dorado was about the end of El Dorado. I I get it. I mean, like Hector Cortez in like. History sense, like he never found the road to El Dorado, so it makes right. sense. But I'm also like, eh. oh yeah, because oh yeah, because he going down, and he's like, huh, I don't see it. <laughs> yeah, it just ends there, and I'm like, all right, cool, I guess. Well, sweet man. Um, so you have although, a film, although that gold, that gold on the final scene with the boat, holy fuck! Oh right, I was like, do you think they just got lazy at this point, or did they just like, yeah, it'll work, no one will notice. <laughs> Um, well, I guess another thing we did notice is that one, the Miguel's actor, the blonde dude's actor, his, his, who plays actually Lockhart, who plays him. Well, he's not in Lockhart. everything we watch. Have you notice that? I know. It's like, like that. We'll be like watching them. And we're like, that's Lockhart. You're like, what the fuck? No way. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's fucking Lockhart. It says right here in the letterbox. <laughs> um, but his like accent kept slipping in and out. Dude, it was so inconsistent. He would be like British in one second and then he tried to do like a Spanish set accent in the next and then he started blending the two together and we were just like. All right, cool. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay, this is what this is now. At least the uh, the guy who played uh, what's his name, the black haired guy, he was like, he was consistent for the most part. It was like Julio or something like that. Julio, 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 yeah, Julio and Miguel. <laughs> I'm Miguel and I'm Julio, and together I wear Miguel and Julio. You're like. Yeah, this is like if I was like, yeah, I'm Mitchell and this is Bryce, and together we're Mitchell and Bryce. Like, no fucking shit. Like, it sounded cool when they said it, and then if I, when I said it like that, like, oh, that sounds fucking dumb. <laughs> like, that makes me sound like a loser. <laughs> All right, Bryce, so uh, it is now your turn to pick the next film verse feature. I had to check on Letterboxd if you'd seen it because I've been recommending it to you, and like, you haven't watched it, and I was like, I don't want to pick it, and then it turns out, like, in your spare time, you just watched it without me knowing. And I just didn't put it on Letterboxd, <laughs> which is possible, but I probably not. I picked one of my favorites. Shaun of the Dead. All right, sweet. Yes, I'm so excited. I really, I, I really I, love this film. I think like the more I watch it, the less funny it gets. But it's still like it holds up so well. It's so simple. It's such a simple premise. It's so good. I feel like should I watch Dawn of the Dead before I watch this? No. 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 Okay. Because I was wondering that. Because that's why I haven't watched it yet. Because I was like, okay, maybe I need to watch Dawn of the Dead because no, because they're totally different franchises. Well, I know I know it's totally different franchises, but it's far I didn't know if I would need to understand things if I, to watch Dawn of the Dead first. No. Shaun of the Dead is just about this lazy worker who like ends up being in an apocalypse. Okay, well, well I know, say I'm lazy. Excited. He's just a very uh, he lives a sad life. Simon Pegg. He lives a sad life with his best friend, who's also sad. Hmm. But it's funny. Where's I really like tale? it. It was you um are... when I was starting to get into film. It was one of the first films I actually went out and bought on DVD because oh, wow. everyone was like, "Yeah, if you like zombie movies, you need to watch you know Shaun of the Dead." And I was like, "I need to go find that." And now I upgraded on a steelbook and shit because I just I love the film. That is exciting. And that means I'll only have one more film in the Cornetto trilogy to show you before you have all three in your thing. Because I watched uh, the end. 
Wait, oh, the World's End. The World's End, which is a good-ass film. Which you you were so fucking tired, though. You were like... I was, dude. This is fucking weird. I was like, yeah, it's weird. You fucking know it's weird. I like weird <laughs> movies, though. It's like, that movie was so funny because we got to the part where, like, the head got knocked off in the bathroom, and you were just like, the fuck is this? I was like, yeah, it's getting no, whack now. <laughs> like, without knowing any context of that, The World's End, it, yeah, it's just not okay. Cause, like, You're like, just, what the fuck is happening like, 45 minutes in, and it's like, yeah, shit's about to happen. Because you think it's one film, and then it just like straight up just rips your face into a new direction, and you're like, "What?" Like it, it's almost to the point where like, if you can't switch directions, like you would probably lose some audience. But since you liked uh, World's End, and I know you like Baby Driver, who doesn't like Baby Driver? Of course. Uh, This is about the same guy, so Edgar Wright. Oh, Edgar Wright. He was supposed to do Ant Man, but he didn't because he has class. (laughs) <laughs> he has class which Ant-Man's good he but, got handed yeah. the script for Ant-Man he was like I'm not touching this I'm gonna no, touch I, this with a 10 foot pole I'm I, not making something called Ant-Man <laughs> no, I, I think he wanted to go in a certain direction they, they didn't want he's him like, to go in horror they're like no he's like horror Guardians of the Galaxy-ish like no we already did that he's like what the fuck do you want me then he's like well <laughs> he's like I can't use music they already use music <laughs> I, I'm out <laughs> I'm head out because he, he, uh, he uses music in a lot of his films like you know obviously Baby sure. Driver but like his music always has powerful scenes and so it's like he did. He was like offering it at me. He's like, "Can I do like music in it?" They're like, "No, Garnes already did that." He's like, "I'm not doing That's it fun. then. Fuck that." <laughs> I would have loved to see an Ant Man with music. That'd be cool. Well, there was the rave, hmm? the rave scene where he's going microscopic and falling down the floor. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. I know. I mean, like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you're like, that doesn't fucking count, that guys. That's <laughs> not music. Sweet. Well, thank you guys for joining us as we talked movie news, shared our thoughts on season two, episode seven of The Mandalorian. Plunged deep into the film verse with a road to El Dorado, Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai, and scoured the infinite cinematic universes to watch films like The Fly and Emores Perros. New episodes come out every Friday, so be sure to join, follow us and turn on notifications to get updates every time we post. If you want to keep up with our activities outside the airwaves, you can stalk us on Instagram at Into the Filmverse Podcast. If you crave a connivial concoction for fun and need a criterion buddy, then I have just the man for you. Bryce, where can people connect with you? You can find me on Letterboxd at Payne Reviews, P-A-Y-N-E Reviews. You can find me on Instagram at Sangreen Director and Twitter at Sangreen Films. And you can stay connected with me, Mitchell Chandler, and my everlasting ex- escapades on Facebook and Instagram at Author Mitchell Chandler, on Twitter at Mitchell Chandler, and at Letterboxd at Mitch Reviews. And Mitch is spelled with a Y, so that's M-Y-T-C-H. That is all for this week, our fellow cinephiles, and until next time, Excelsior! Excelsior.